You've tuned into a mega church. We are a people hungry to encounter God through worship and His Word, being witnesses to the world around us. We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal Himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. So today I would like to <clears throat> focus more on praying in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean by praying in the Holy Spirit? But before we go into that, I just would like to clear a few verses beforehand um, from verses 17 onwards. Um, 17 to 19. I'll just read it first. My, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. Very powerful words. Very powerful words because in the end times, church also will be under attack. Church will be under attack in the end times and it will try to shake its unity, shake its powerfulness, shake its uh, purpose. So how is it going to happen? It is not going to from outside, it's going to come from inside. So that's, the, that's what, uh, that's what the Jude is saying in these words. But here how he addresses these verses is like this. But dear friends, remember. Everybody say remember. Now why should we remember? The problem is, the problems we get into are most of the time we forget what the God has said in his word and that's why we get into problem. So that's the why we need to remember. And what is he saying that we should remember? He says, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. That means there's something that the apostles have already foretold, that is prophesied. Does it mean the apostles are dead now when he's writing this letter? Not necessary. He himself is alive. He's one of the apostles. And uh, P Peter could be alive. And uh, Paul could be alive. Probably after Paul wrote certain things in um, other epistles, it must be about 10 years past when Jude is writing this uh, letter. So there is a connection between all these things. And uh, here he's remembering and uh, reminding that we had to remember what the apostles have taught. How do, you, how do you remember if you don't even know it? So first we have to get acquainted with what, uh, what the apostles have taught. So you need to read the epistles. When you read the epistles, you will know what the apostles have taught, what Peter said, what Paul said, what John said. You will know all these things. So we need to be acquainted with the word first. And then we have to remember what we have learned so that we will not play into the hands of the devil. That is one of the main things. And then you see here what is foretold. Now, that is an advance has been told. How far in advance things have been told? Peter said in the end times, I'll give you some other verses. Um, verse 18, Paul warned in Acts 20, 29, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. That means what? It's going to attack the church. From where does it come from? From within, not from outside. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit expressly states that in later times, some will abandon the faith to follow deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Now the problem here is they do not remember the apostolic teaching. Then what are they believing? They are believing deceitful spirits. They are following deceitful spirits. And they are believing in teachings of demons. Is it possible? 
can Christians go to that extent? When we re don't remember the teaching of the apostles, it is possible to move away. So that is the reason why we need to read the Bible. Read the Bible cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation. All is inspired by the Holy Spirit for our correction, for our training, for our teaching. So we need to be doing that. And Peter warned in 2 Peter 2, 1, Now there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Do you expect these things to happen in the church? False teachers, false prophets? It's possible. It's possible. In the end times it is possible. So they will, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies that even deny the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. So they are going to be, the false teachers, false prophets are going to be ruined. They are going to be destroyed. But along with them, they want to take some more. This is the mentality of the devil. Devil is destined to the fire, hellfire. But he doesn't want to go alone. He wants to take as many people as possible. Thousands and thousands and thousands. Recently, I came across a man who, who has uh, believed in the Lord in, uh, much later in his life, maybe in his uh, late 70s or early 80s. Now he has become a believer since one and a half years. And he asked me one question. Tell me, he said, Christians are only a handful. I said, yeah. Many are going to the hell. I said, that is true. I can't understand this, he said. It looks like that we can't understand. But the gospel is preached so clear. Very few handful believe it. And very few handful practice it. Very few handful are going to hang on to it. And Jesus warned in his teachings, narrow is the way to heaven. And wide is the way to hell. Destruction. So there are many who will go there. You can warn them. You can plead with them. You can pray for them. But they won't listen to you. What can you do about it? We can't do anything about it. One of the things that God has given to human beings is the free will. And when you use that free will to walk away from him, nobody can change. No one can help. So sometimes it's, it could be our own family members. It could be our close relatives. It can be our close friends. And they won't be listening to you. So that is the reason why we need to pray more. Pray more. Pray more. We are going to talk about it. Why praying more is important and how to pray in the spirit. We are going to talk about it. When things are the, that is how things are going to change. And the words that he has spoken here are very similar to 2 Peter 3.3. 3. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. One of the words that you need to watch when you read Judas, these men. Everybody say these men. Who are these men? Who are these men? The these men he talks about, you will find it in verse 12. These men are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest calm. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown, blown along by the wind. Autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. They, they are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame. Wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. But these are these men. That is the characteristic of these men that he talks about in verse uh, 12 onwards. And then you will see these men again in verse 16. These men are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advant advantage. They become friends with those who have money and flatter them, praise them. So they can also benefit from them in something to benefit from them. And these are the men who we should avoid. We should be careful to watch. 
And again, he talks about these men in verse 19. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. So they have got two characteristics. These men divide you. Everybody say divide you. So when the split comes in a group, in a church, that is caused by these people, these men, who live according to their natural instinct and they do not have the Holy Spirit. Why does Jude warn about these things? Because they think they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They think they prophesy. They think they know the teaching, but they do not have it from the Holy Spirit. Is it possible to have people like that in the church? It is possible. It is possible. So we need to identify who is this person who is in our midst, eating with us, talking to us, and bringing in division within the church. And how do they do it? And they do it with, because of their own ungodly desires. And they divide you who follow mere natural instincts. They call it revelation. They may call it revelation. They may call it a prophecy. They may call it by words of knowledge, words of wisdom, whatever it is. But they merely speak from natural instinct. Natural instinct. They can watch things and speak things. That's the reason why we need to be very careful. We need to know whether somebody is really a prophet, a really a teacher. And if they are not, then we need to identify and exclude them, or at least warn them, or be careful about them. If you cannot throw them out, then be careful about them. That's, that's all we can do. So that is how he warns us. And then they do not have the spirit. The spirit is in capital letter S. The spirit is Holy Spirit. They do not have the Holy Spirit. But they act as if they have the Holy Spirit. They will try to prophesy. They try to do teachings. They say, this is a new revelation. Oh, I got this revelation, they'll say. And you listen to them, you know it is not a revelation. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, that Holy Spirit will confirm in your spirit that what they're saying is not right. So we need to draw close to God more so that we will not become... Um, uh, victims of these people. Now, verse 19 talks about these two characteristics. Yeah. What is the solution to the problem? Okay, we have talked about this problem, but what is the solution to the problem? Solution to the problem is in Second Second um, Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 onward. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Do we live like that? Do we live like what Paul is talking about here? Are we? He says, though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. We don't fight these people with physically, not with flesh. How do you fight wrong teaching? How do you fight the wrong uh, spirit of the prophecy that is operating in a church? Then, for the weapons of our warfare are not flesh of the flesh, but have the divine power to destroy strongholds. So the weapons that we have are to destroy the strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. This is how we are to live. And when you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you are full of the Word of God, then you are able to walk in this style that Paul is recommending for each one of us. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. Don't, don't forget to read it when, when you go home. Meditate upon it. Ask the Holy Spirit to impress upon you. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. 
ask the Holy Spirit to make it amplified, to make it more clear to you. How to take hold of this every thought that lifts itself against the knowledge of God. How to bring it into obedience to Christ. This is a challenge. This is a warfare. The Lord is inviting each one of you. That can, that can be done not by flesh, not by strength, not by might, but by the Holy Spirit. So that is how we need to live a lifestyle. Sometimes people can say, I know everything. You talk to people, they say, oh, yeah, I know that. You sell something, new, oh, I, that I have 10 years ago, I talked about it, I read about it. You cannot teach those who know everything. It's difficult to teach those who say they know everything. And it's difficult to teach those who say, I know nothing. Because it's a long, hard work for to bring them up to the point where you want to teach them. But those who say, well, I understand things, but I'm open to correction, I'm open to learning, and I'm willing to learn, those people you can teach. Those people you can correct. Those people you can help. And that is how we need to, uh, we need to be careful. So these are the teachable ones. Great is the reward to the teacher and the students. Both will rejoice. When you find a person who is willing to learn, and you are able to teach him, and he learns, you have a great joy of teaching and he has a great joy of learning. And there is progress in the kingdom of God. So that is how we need to uh, really be careful about it. And now we come to the most crucial and important verse, verse 20. Verse 20, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Now that is a lifestyle of the false teachers, lifestyle of the false prophets, lifestyle of those who are of no good to the church, all these things Jude has explained. But he says, but you, dear friends, now he's addressing the people who are receiving the letter. And when he's talking to them, he's talking to each one of us. And he's calling you, my dear friend. Who? Jude. Were you there at that time when he wrote the letter? No. But whoever is going to read, he's addressing them as, my dear friends. And his endearing words, he says, my dear friend, but you... Everybody say, but you. It's not just you, but you. That means he's bringing a contrast. I may know many people, but you, I isolate you. I am more concerned about you. I want to relate to you. I want to speak into your life. That's what he's saying. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith. What is most holy faith? All that Christ has come to accomplish for us. All that Jesus did upon the cross. All that the apostles have taught. You need to believe it and you have to build yourself in that most holy faith, the Christian faith. You need to make every effort, put every effort to grow into this faith. It's not something you say, Jesus come into my heart, forgive my sin, and Jesus comes into my heart, I believe he came into my heart, and then bye-bye for the rest of the 20, 20 years. That's not the way lifestyle. Have you received the Christ? Yes. When did, oh, 20 years ago, I went to a meeting, raised my hand. After that, what happened? Nothing. That's not the lifestyle Jesus is, I mean, Jude is talking about. You need to build your faith continuously, all the time. You need to put effort into the holy faith. And then how does it happen? It happens when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, pray in the Holy Ghost. So what is praying in the Holy Ghost? What is praying in the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Pardon me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. The praying in the Holy Ghost is a different thing. You've got two camps in the world. One, the evangelical faith, 
those who believe that gifts have ceased, those who believe that tongues have ceased, those who believe that gifts have ceased, prophecy has ceased, healings have ceased, everything is ceased. That's one group. And you've got another small group, the Pentecostals, the Charismatics, or those who believe in the revival, or those who follow the Holy Spirit, they believe in the gifts, they believe in the inspiration of scriptures, and they, they want to follow the Holy Spirit so closely, and they want to pray in tongues, publicly, privately, and they want to pray for healing, they cast out demons. This is a different group. I tell you, those who belong to the first group, it's difficult for them to believe that praying in tongues is something very important. They just brush aside. They say, it's all ceased. It's not for us. It's ceased with the apostles. But I tell you, if you belong to that group, you are not going to be helped anyway. It's not very soon you're not going to get any help. You can't build yourself in the most holy faith because you have to build yourself in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways you pray in the Holy Spirit is by speaking in tongues. Everybody say, you build yourself in the holy, uh, you build your life in the holy faith by praying in tongues. And the first group says that is wrong. What does the first group say? It's wrong. Then you ask them, what is praying in the Holy Spirit? They say, the prayer has to be started by the Holy Spirit. He has to trigger it. He has to sustain it. Your whole heart, your mind, your soul, your, everything is involved in the praying. And that is praying in the Spirit, not necessarily in the whole tongues. I've been a Christian for 40 years now, 44 years. But how many times I have prayed in the Spirit like that? Very few times. Very few times. In one of the movies, a man will be running, another one will be looking at him and says, this man is running. I tell you, a man runs like this only two times in his lifetime. Either it's an Olympic race or it's a case of police chasing him. So you will pray in the Spirit. You will pray with that kind of intensity, with your emotion. All your, you put everything on the anvil and you pray when you are in trouble. What about when you are in comfort? So praying in the Holy Spirit, you can do so like Elijah prayed. You can do so like Hannah prayed. Did they have the Holy Spirit as we have today? No. But was their prayer answered? Yes. When Elijah prayed, he prayed very earnestly. And he said, let there be no rain. Let there be no rain. Let there be no rain. And when he went up and spoke to the king and said, for three and a half years, three years, there will not be rain until I say so. Not when God says. It's until I say so, it will not be rain. What kind of courage he has? What kind of boldness he has? How does he have that guts to go and confront a king and say, there will not be rain until I say so? Because he was a righteous man. And when a righteous man prays and he says something, God will stand behind him and say, Amen. God will stand behind him and say, Amen. And there is a way of praying with your own intensity, with your own heart, with your own spirit. You can pray and that prayer is powerful. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and when the, because of the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you and gives you a heavenly language and you pray in the Holy Spirit and that prayer is also more powerful. But I tell you, whatever teaching we give must be explaining, that should be encouraging a scholar and a poor man. 
It should encourage a scholar and a farmer. It should encourage a man who studied, a man who is illiterate. And though this explanation does not help an illiterate man. I go to India. I speak to people. There are so many illiterate women and men sitting there and listening. And I tell them, praying in the spirit is, you have to in- engage your heart, your soul, your spirit. And I'm telling you, how many of you are going to understand and do it? They cannot. They cannot. But the same people I tell them, praying in the spirits, praying in tongues, they will understand it because they have received the Holy Spirit. They will pray in tongues. Just two weeks ago, on WhatsApp, I was speaking to a group of people in Pakistan. And I asked them, how many of you know, how many have received the gift of speaking in tongues? No hands went up except the man and the woman who were our contact. I prayed for them a few months ago and they received the the gift of tongues and uh, filling of the Holy Spirit. No one was raising their hand. I said, don't worry. I'm going to give you a small teaching. And they're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to speak in tongues. And what happened? After 10, 15 minutes of teaching, I said, those of you who want to receive the Holy Spirit, those who want to receive the tongues, stand up where you are, lift your hands, and praise Him. And don't speak in Urdu. Don't speak in the language that you speak in Punjabi, any language. But the language the Holy Spirit gives you, use it. And 12 to 40 people received the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in tongues. Not because I laid hands. Because I'm far away, 10,000 kilometers more or more. Distance is not a barrier. When the Holy Spirit comes, He can give that gift. Were they, illiter- were they literate people? No. Did they have degrees? No. Did they have post-graduation? No. Did they have PhDs? No. They were simple, common people. And how do you encourage them to pray in tongues? How do you encourage them to pray in the Holy Spirit? Just teach them how to pray in tongues. Help them to receive the gift. And once they receive it, rest of their life, they will be praying in the Holy Spirit. You are excited? Say amen. amen. <laughs> so that is one another, that is one way of looking at it. And then I have many things to say in this in this <laughs> on this topic. So here we have praying in the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the scriptures in three different places. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit. And to sing with my mind also. Now when I read these words, it struck me. The people who, the first group, I'm, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I belonged to that group for many years. I was evangelical for 30, 35 years. I did not move in healing. I did not move in deliverance. No demons came out when I prayed. But after I have this experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, after I have the experience of being anointed by the Holy Spirit, now I don't have to look for the demon. When I pray for a person, if the demon is there, it answers. It speaks. This is what it is all about. Receiving the Holy Spirit is what I'm encouraging you all. I want you to grab this. I want you to grasp this. I want you to long for it. I want you to hunger for it. I want to have thirst for it. Because God wants to use and raise a mighty army in these end times. Unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are going to be lukewarm Christian. You don't want to be lukewarm Christian. The answer is very simple. You need to learn to pray in the Holy School, in the Holy Ghost. And he says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind also. So you got two ways of praying. Praying in the spirit, praying with the mind. But how do you sing with the spirit? Can you sing with the Spirit, with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your emotion? How are you going to sing in the Spirit? But you can sing 
in the in the holy spirit by singing in tongues re rahase shararama rohobori masande re hase kere sabrano ro rese barasanda barasokoroni rishanama sande borose kere sokoroni can you sing in the tongues you can you can you can tongue you can sing in the spirit but you cannot use your mind to do it you have to be able to pray in tongues in order to sing in tongues and paul says i will do this i will do that when you have both you can do both but you have only one you cannot do the other when you have only one you cannot do the other so that's the reason why we need to know what it means to understand these things in ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplications for all the saints how do you pray all times in the spirit if you have to involve your whole your heart all your mind all your strength how are you going to pray all times in the spirit you can't do that you need to have focus to do that and if you are driving and you close your eyes or you do focus your spirit you are going to crash into somebody in the <laughs> who is driving behind uh, before you but if you are praying in tongues you can pray in tongues while you are driving you can pray in tongues when you are doing dishes you can pray in tongues when you are vacuuming you can pray in tongues when you are taking care of a child you are changing the nappy whatever you do it does not matter you can pray in the spirit that's the reason why i would say praying in the spirit is praying in tongues i i'm a practical guy basically if it doesn't make sense to me i don't believe it it's very no nonsense kind of a guy so the first school i was part of it but i am no longer part of the first group because now i know the power of praying in tongues what it does to me you want to receive revelation about something you pray in tongues you want to answer from the holy spirit pray in tongues you are you are looking for guidance from the holy spirit pray in tongues wait upon him you will get these things you will get these things One Corinthians, uh, James again is a third instance in the James chapter one verse twenty. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost. This is what praying in the Holy Ghost is all about. You receive the gift of tongues, and then that will that will catapult you, that will propel you, that will put you in an orbit where you will fly like an eagle up in the skies, not like the hen and the uh, the duck that is on the ground. no you will fly like an eagle and you are able to touch the heavenly realms you are able to look at the sun and laugh at him because you are high up in that place praying in the holy ghost how does it happen how did these pakistani people 14 people receive the tongues not long i didn't give them any long instruction i simply said lift your hands up praise god the holy spirit is coming upon you open your mouth by faith and utter something it will take over your tongue and say holy spirit take over my tongue and pray through me and it happens it happens we never force them anything it only took 2 3 minutes of 2 or 3 minutes and i am here they are in pakistan holy spirit can come anywhere and he wants to fill you with that gift today if you only want to lay aside your doubts lay aside your uncertainties lay aside your inabilities and inadequacies and believe and say holy spirit take over my tongue 
pray through me and open your mouth ri shakabara na sande roso bohorono rabahana shakte sandavarano rokosavaranaste shakarabara na mandaste it will flow like a river from your mouth and then you are on fire then you are on fire you're no longer lukewarm no longer lukewarm no one can come and touch you and feel you cold like a man sitting in antarctica but they will see you are on fire you are on fire so that is how it is going to be what then shall i do i will pray with my spirit but i'll also pray with my mind so is there a place of praying with the mind yes you got to travel using your mind thinking about the situation you with all your mind with all your heart with all your intelligence you pray pray like hana pray like elijah pray like moses pray like the prophets pray there's a place for that but there's a place when you don't know what to say the romans chapter 8 verse 26 he says when you have no words to pray about is the holy ghost who will be groaning from inside of you and he will know what to say and groaning is another another method it's not something uh, it's not a different method it is again groaning groaning is by the holy spirit who is dwelling in you he groans that's beyond words when your words are not sufficient he groans from inside of you have you known that kind of praying any time you've been a christian for 10 years 20 years 30 years 40 years but have you known groaning from in the in spirit i tell you when you are groaning something is going to change i tell you something is going to change because you are you are going to be on your knees you'll be groaning at the same time your body is different your mind is different your spirit is in a different place and you know you will groan until that is done in the spirit and when you know it is done you will know that the answer is come and you will not be groaning anymore because your groan has been heard by god most high and it's been answered that is prayer that is prayer i tell you we have not scratched the surface of praying yet personally i have not yet scratched the surface yet there's no much more for me to learn but those who are longing those who are hungry those who are thirsty will know what it means to pray in the spirit and those who are cold study about the study of the bible and they just take the bible and read it sit down and study over it pour out greek and hebrew and then they sit down and say and pray with the intellectual prayer they know nothing about what is groaning in the spirit they know nothing about praying in the holy ghost they know nothing because they have done for 20 years nothing has changed when they see somebody with a demon they run away from there saying oh this is something beyond oh I didn't believe that the demon can can exist can be in any person at all. Ah, I don't understand and they walk away. But the man who is filled with the Holy Spirit, the one who can pray in the Holy Ghost, when he stands before the demon, the demon will tremble and run away. You leave the person. So there is everything in this. When you understand what it means to groan, what it means to pray in the Holy Ghost, you will be a different person. I want to conclude this uh, book this today by saying what did Jude actually try to accomplish in this uh, uh, little short uh, epistle that he wrote he basically gave them nine commands to the end time believers how many commands if you dig deep maybe there are more in it but at the surface on the surface when i was just going through it you can say in the epistle you have got about nine commands number 1 earnestly contend for the faith verse 3 we have done the first study please go back to the uh, podcast if you want to listen to it how to contend earnestly for the faith 
And then in verse 17, remember the teaching and the warning of the apostles. We just now dealt with it. Build yourself in the whole, most holy faith, verse 20. You need to know the content of your faith. What do you believe about Jesus? What did he accomplish for you? What is your benefit if you believe in Jesus? You need to know. There's a lot more to know in the New Testament what Christ has accomplished for you. So pour over the book until you are saturated with the teaching of Jesus Christ. And pray in the Holy Spirit. It's a command. You've got to pray in the Holy Spirit. And that is a command. And keep yourself in the love of God. Verse 21. He says, verse 21, I'll read it for you. Keep yourself in the God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. In fact, verses 20 and 21, among the two, these two verses. But you, dear friends, build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So there he's, he's, if you want to summarize it, to remember these two words, three key words he uses there. One is, pardon me, one is faith. Everybody say faith. Build yourself in the most holy faith. So you have to build yourself in the faith. Second thing is keep yourself in God's love. Everybody say love. love. As you build yourself in the holy faith, you will remain in God's love. So you talked about faith, talk about love. And then these two will lead to the third step. And that is, as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life, that is hope. Everybody say hope. So you have faith, you got love, you got hope. There are three key teachings he put into, two sent uh, into one sentence. A very powerful one. There's much to meditate upon it, but why does he talk about this now? Because he talks about the early chapters we, are we have studied, how he talks about condemnation and judgment on those who are um, uh, fault finders, those who are disagree, bring division and you know, all kinds of things uh, like Korah. He talks about sons of Korah. He talked about ba Balaam. All those things talked about condemnation, judgment. But now he wants to assure his readers, not everybody will go that way. But if you do these things, my dear friends, if you do these things, you will grow in God's, um, uh, you will grow in your faith, and you'll you, you'll become strong in this uh, in His love, and your hope for the future will become secure, so that you will enter into the eternal life that is promised for you. That means you won't miss the eternal life if you do these things. But if you don't do these things, you will miss the eternal life. See, the other side of the coin, we should not forget every time He talks about it. Okay, and then let's go into the uh, the. The last part of it. And he also gives another one. Look for the mercy of the Lord to bring you to eternal life. And the seventh verse is, show mercy to Christians who are doubting. Snatch unbelievers from the fire and cautiously show mercy to the corrupt. Now, there are the verses he talks about is in uh, verse 22, 23. I'll read it for you. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy, mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So what is he trying to do is, you need to be on the lookout for those who need help. Those who are doubting. Not everybody has strong faith. Look for those who are weak in faith. Strengthen them. And somebody is walking towards a hellfire. Snatch them from the fire. Why? You, if you don't care for him, he's going to walk into the hellfire. So care for him. Love him. 
pray for him and snatch him from that hellfire because if you don't do it he will be lost so what is he trying to say is you be your brother's keeper don't say am i my brother's keeper ah let him die i don't care let him go to hell no that's not that's not what he's trying to say he says snatch them from fire bring them in and save them and that's what he's encouraging and show mercy mixed with fear why it has to be mixed with fear because we may meet the same end if we are not careful so that we may not be condemned that we may not be we may not lose our salvation that we may not uh, uh, i mean be, be on the same level with the unbelievers so we need to be with fear mixed with fear with trembling and fear paul uses the word with trembling and fear work out your salvation so that's that's part of our that should be part of our dna always when you talk to someone be careful don't just judge them but be afraid that you may fall into the same mistake you may fall into the same sin so with fear and trembling correct people and snatch them and uh, bring them out hating even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh corrupt flesh now this is something like you know <coughs> recently we, we heard uh, not recently couple of times i heard one man said he is living with a partner and he says they have no physical relationship for how many years four five years i said do you want me to believe it he said do i need to prove myself i said if you are a believer you will not have anything to do with that kind of a situation you'll run away from it why because a the whole world nobody is going to believe you that you have no physical relationship and you can be sleeping in the same bed and you have no relationship no one is going to believe it and he wanted me to believe and the whole world to believe that he doesn't have a relationship why do you want to be in a situation like that run away from it because that is going to kill your faith it's it's going to kill your faith your f- already his faith is killed he is not a believer as there was fire in him before there is no fire in him now he used to preach the gospel and bring people to christ now he doesn't preach to anybody as far as i know he used to be very he used to be on fire but now he is not on fire anymore so that's the reason why he says hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh they should not be tainted of the flesh corrupted that is corrupted flesh and one other lady was having a um, uh, living with another person and she said no no i don't have any physical relationship with that man and he says it is fine i don't i don't care for it i just want to be friends i said do you want to fool me I asked the state do you want to fool me she said oh, that's what it is don't tell lies don't tell lies and she blushed and later on she said i i told her let's suppose that all this conversation has not happened let's suppose that i have not spoken to you you have not heard anything from me do you know in your heart that you are wrong she said yes simple so stained by flesh you need to run away from it don't want to compromise with sin in any form not even 1% not even 1% that's what we need to have a lifestyle and then what happens is to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and without uh, with great joy to the only god our savior be glory majesty power and authority through jesus christ our lord before all age now and forevermore amen there is so much to think about it but i don't think we have time
to go on it but i will let you meditate upon these words but one thing i want you to be in, i mean encourage this to him who is able to keep you from falling that is to jesus christ he will he is able to keep you from falling he is able to present you blameless before god without spot wrinkle no dot upon you no dot upon you he is going to cleanse you he is going to present you holy as a holy offering to god to him and with great joy to the only god our savior be glory majesty power and authority through jesus christ our lord before all ages now and forevermore amen so this is talking about the eternity of jesus christ before all time all the time that's going to come all the time in the past and in the present he is able to do it he is a god in the present tense everybody says he is a god in the present tense we don't believe in a god who was god we don't believe in a god who will be god but who has been a god, who has been god who is god who will be god forever and ever and he is the one who is going to present you blameless he is the one who is going to keep you he is the one who is going to preserve your life how much more you should be grateful to this jesus and worship him so we'll partake in the communion now it's time for communion we'll uh, in john chapter 6 somewhere jesus says unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you will not have life and when the disciples heard it they said oh it's too difficult for these words are too difficult for us and many of them stopped following him many of them stopped following him in that context jesus said do you also want to go away and peter says where can we go you have words of eternal life you have words of eternal life and that comes jesus says what when you see what if when you see son of god ascending and being seated by the right hand of the father the words i speak to you are life and spirit what did he say the words i speak to you are life and spirit so when you partake in the body you are not eating his flesh you are not drinking his blood in that sense of real physical flesh real physical blood not that they are life and spirit that is what you are partaking in you are partaking in the life and spirit and when you do that by faith that will not allow you to be a lukewarm christian so i will read from 1 corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 onwards for i received from the lord what i also passed on to you the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body broken for you eat it in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes so we'll first give thanks for the body and the blood and then uh, rawal the raw will bring these things to you and uh, hold on uh, brother gus also yeah each one of you can take one and take it around when it comes please take it hold it in your hand we'll partake together okay first let's pray for it father i thank you jesus again 
for coming into the world and dying for us, allowing that body to be broken for us. Thank you. And for shedding the precious blood. In that broken body is our healing. In that blood that we shed is our forgiveness of sins. We worship you, Jesus, for you are our Savior who will save us from our sins. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we partake in this body and the blood, whatever affliction we are going through, whatever sickness we are going through, whatever trouble we are going through, in the name and authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command them to leave your children now in Jesus' mighty name. Whoever is partaking in the body and the blood, let them be set free. Put them on a rock higher than themselves. And I pray, Spirit of God, come upon them with power. And Lord, impart life to them, to the glory of your name. And make them overcome us, to the glory of your name. Thank you for your body and the blood. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Shakara Barana Mastakuru. Rohora Borana Mastakasari. Rikara Bastaru. Sharaka Barana Mastakuru. Ribaha Sectari Sastakuru. Rikara Barana Mastakari. Mahasharastakari. Kururuko Boroni. Vidamashanda Sasta. Rihara Sector Bostakuru. Rabhosa Narastakasari. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Holy, 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 holy. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, with our thankful heart, let's all partake together in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the broken body and the shed blood. Thank you for the privilege you've given us to partake in it. Right now, I command every sickness to your children to leave now. Every problem, every affliction to disappear now in Jesus' mighty name. I bind the power of Satan. Lord, you have made a covenant with us, your broken body and shed blood. And we thank you. You are saying you are our protector. You are the one who's going to bless us. You are the one who's going to lead us. You are the one who's going to guide us. So we thank you, Jesus, for being our friend and our God and our Lord. We worship you. We thank you again for the broken body and the shed blood. Uh, bless everybody who has partaken in it. The glory of your name. Worship you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.